With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every morning, Darren Armstrong talks big brother looking at the stuff from yesterday. All the drama, all the strategy and silliness from P.O. to H.O.H. Every single season, you know he is the reason. You know what's happening. Rob said that he could do it. Tomorrow he will do it again. Hello, everyone, and good morning. Welcome to our live feed update for August 14th. I'm your host, Aaron Armstrong, and with me today, it's Puya. How you doing, Puya? I'm doing good, Taryn. Um, it was a rough night for us all, the eviction, the new HOH, but there's enough fun information out there for us to talk about, so I'm looking at the positives for today. Yes, looking at the positives. We are here to update you on everything that happened yesterday on the Big Brother 22 live feeds. It was day nine in the house, and it was a day of an HOH, a day of discussing potential new nominations, Um, a day that, under normal circumstances, would be the first day of feeds. That's true. Yeah. Most seasons start at day nine. Yeah, no, it's important to remember that we were blessed with the first week of feet. Like, it'd be interesting if, I don't think I could separate it, but looking at it from yesterday as day one and kind of comparing the two, like, what would I have not known had I been coming in yesterday and not having the week that we had? So, well, we'll see as the days go along what we would have been missing, I guess. Mm. Uh, so uh, we started the day yesterday obviously we had Kevin and Keisha on the block um, and there was a lot of confusion that happened the previous night uh, and people were um, you know Janelle and Devon and Christmas and Bailey and Cody. They were all like, what is happening? We covered all of that yesterday morning. It was a big cluster of nonsense. And uh, they tried to clear some of it up in the morning. In particular, you had um, Bailey, uh, uh, Bailey, talking with Cody about like the stuff about. And then you had Devon talking with Danny and 
um, like I think uh, Cody might have been there um, and Janelle comes in and uh, Janelle was like, yeah, I heard from Christmas that Davon that you told her that the votes were there to keep Keisha. And um, and uh, then Janelle leaves and, and Davon's like, uh, like I didn't I didn't tell I didn't tell anybody. This is all Christmas. I can't believe Christmas did that. Oh, man. So annoying that Christmas would do something like that. It was a lot of nothing, a lot of peddling, only to circle back to what we got last night, which was a unanimous vote. Um, and, and it's funny because I do think that a lot of us, myself included, um, we're leaving this feeling very nervous for Davon. That why is Davon doing this? Davon's getting wrapped up in something she shouldn't. For the most part, I think it's safe to say that Davon is okay coming out of this. I think most of it has fallen back onto Janelle. So, that's more for Janelle to deal with down the line. And Christmas is, I guess, like middle of the pack as far as all this drama goes, all this blame game goes. I think it's mostly we're mostly fixing to see something go down with Christmas, not liking Janelle more and Janelle not really trusting Christmas more. Yes. Um, so, uh, again, not not much there at the start of the day. Just, again, clearing some of this stuff up here. Um, and uh, there were more talks about like Christmas did apparently catch on to the fact that Davon seemed a little upset with her. And they were all just kind of like, what is happening? Like, wh- why? Why is all this happening? It did freak out, Cody and Enzo a little bit um they ended up talking about how they were like is is something happening like is the vote going to flip on us like is is there a women's alliance and they're going to keep Keisha and we're going to be blindsided and we're going to look like idiots like uh if if that happens then then day screwed us right like this like she must have done something uh and and Enzo says to Cody if if if, if Keisha stays we we know we can't trust day yeah, yeah. Basically, the the whole thing is, you know, is for how long were they so sure everything's going to be fine? This last second scramble put a little bit of fear into them. Obviously, there wasn't enough people committed to this for it to ever be a thing. Um, it was just more so no one wanted to reveal their cards. So by giving uncertainty, people started assuming that Keish is going to be looking safe. Um, but yeah, ultimately, uh, it's a lot of nothing. It's a lot of nothing. Just a little bit of nervousness the day of. Um, but didn't get that far. Just paranoia for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they even talked to Ian about it. They were like, uh, Ian, like, what do you think? If the vote flips, like we're on the outs, man. Uh, <laughs> and like Ian's like, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, so that that was really most of the day early on. We then found out that the eviction was not going to be live it was going to be live to tape they're going to film it an hour and a half early so they really didn't have much time during the day to do anything um anything much at least so um there wasn't a whole lot else that happened davon did sit down with keisha and let her uh know that it's not it's not, it's not happening the votes are not there they're all voting. People are going around like it's Kevin, right? It's Kevin. Um, and uh, I don't want to leave you, you know, hanging. I don't want to, you know, you sh- you don't deserve to be blindsided or anything like that. So uh, 
This is, I mean, I, I wish, I wish this, you know, we could do something together. It would have been so fun to play with you. Um, and Keisha's, she's like, uh, trying not to cry. Um, and she's like, this, this sucks. Uh, and, uh, Davon was like, I mean, they, they said you haven't talked to anybody. She's like, I have talked to people. I talked to everybody. Um, like I talked to Cody. I talked to like, she listed off all the people she talked to. Um, she's like, Davon's like, they're all saying you haven't talked to them. Um, and like the problem here is that yes, she talked to them, but Kevin talked to them a lot more. Um, and so that's kind of, yeah. I mean, ultimately Kevin put in a lot more work. So that goes noticed. And then, I think Keisha kind of did this thing where she tried to surrogate some of her campaigning, like funnel a little bit. Okay, Janelle, you you talk to this person for me. Oh, Davon, talk to Bailey for me. Like that's not going to work out. Uh, I think that she was very happy that she was not blindsided. I think quite a few people. I think Davon and Janelle both. Neither of them wanted that for Keisha. They didn't want Keisha to just not know and then walk out, you know, surprised. So I think it works out there. That's good for them. One thing, Taryn, that I do want to talk about is the download that Kaser and Janelle had in the morning and how um, they're starting to realize that, Hey, I think we're being set up to like go after floaters again. And is that something mm-hmm. we want to do? If we did this before in our previous season and the last all-star season didn't work out too well for us. And I think my favorite line that came out of Kaser was um, uh, Cody and Tyler are not Dr. Will. So that was, that was fun to hear. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean, Kaser was saying, like, the problem is, like, when you get rid of the floaters, um, then you end up with just two big groups facing each other, or you end up with one big group picking the rest of everybody off. Uh, So Kaser has definitely learned his lesson from season seven uh, to not make deals with the Dr. Wills. That said, at this point in time, early in the day, they were looking at Cody as a potential person that they could work with. That Kaser uh, in particular is like, he, he seems lost. Um, like, <laughs> I feel like we can work with him. Tyler is the guy that's dangerous. Tyler is a dangerous player. They see him talking to everyone and he's so good at the game. He's the one they have to worry about the most. Um, maybe they can work with Cody. Um, we're also going to see Tyler talking to David, just kind of checking in and letting David know that nobody know nobody knows about us. Uh, everybody thinks it's me and Cody, um, and I'm fine with that because if they put me and Cody on the block, at least it's not me and you on the block, right? Works out. Tyler, Tyler stays doing his little conversations, and it's working out for him for the most part. I think mm-hmm. it's a good spot to be in. Um, so that pretty much brings us to the eviction, um, because the feeds go down pretty early, um, and pretty often. Um, and we get to the live show. Of course, we're going to see that Keisha is evicted with a 13 to zero vote. Now, Janelle is going to go into this vote under the impression that if only they'd just been able to talk more, they had the votes. They had, the, it was her, Kaser, Memphis, Nicole Anthony, 
um, Davon, uh, Christmas, and Bailey. That if all, if only those all those votes, if the, only they had just <laughs> talked and and said they had the votes, then the votes would have been there. But they just weren't able to communicate um, and and let them because the only reason they didn't vote that way is because they thought they didn't have the votes, but they did have the votes. So if only they had voted. If only they had voted, especially with all the conversations they had the day before to not come to the same page. Janelle, come on, cut it. Like you, you didn't have it. It was you and Kaser ultimately with a side of Memphis who was already checked out. Like it was not going to happen. I'm just happy that it wasn't an 11 to two and they didn't straight up not vote that way. So it works out for them. They didn't want to do it. It was, it went against every fiber of Janelle's being to just vote with the house. We know this, but. It is what had to happen, and it's fine. It's okay. Taryn, this has been bothering me from yesterday, and you're the person to talk to about this. So we see that the show is going to get pre-recorded, right? So they're, they're recording it with about, like, let's say, a half-hour wiggle room between when it's going to go on air. But I feel like we got a lot of content from the person who won when I didn't think the person who won was going to get any content on the episode. Do you think they had enough time to slap an edit together or no. is that just lucky for them? That was lucky of a thousand percent. Um, yeah. yeah, they, uh, they are definitely not capable <laughs> of like the only way that could have possibly worked is if they had multiple versions of the episode ready to go right. and could just swap them out. There's no way they're doing that much work. Yeah, because I was like, this is telling me like this, that this result's going to happen. And then it did. And I was very much doubting everything. So okay. I bet you that if they had the ability to, because they, if they weren't social distanced, they were like, they were virtually high fiving, like, nailed that edit. Oh my <laughs> God. Thank, thank everything that we put Memphis's alliance into there because whoo, that was a close one. Yeah. Yeah, they made a whole meal out of the commission and all the other stuff that Memphis has been up to, which, again, I did not expect to see on the episode, but worked out. It really mm-hmm. did. <laughs> I will say, I thought the episode was, like, great for 20 minutes. Um, that uh, <laughs> It was so weird to me. It was 20 minutes of, like, good content. And then at the 20-minute mark, the voting started. <laughs> The rest of the ep- 40 minutes of the episode was voting and HOH competition. It, well, that was a little much to me. No, I agree. I agree. Cause like we were getting some genuine good content, some good DRs, which like once you like as a live feed watcher, the DRs are what I'm most excited about for an episode. So getting that is good. Getting that content is good. But then the, the, because it was such a whole hum unanimous eviction that took way entirely way too long. And then the comp, you know, my Twitter blew up, Taryn. Everyone's like, oh, Uncle Vito does backgrounds. Puya does background. Puya's Uncle Vito. Let's tweet at him. So I got bombarded. They came for you, Puya. They came for all of us. Yeah. I was literally on Twitch doing a watch party when they made fun of people who do watch parties. Um, <laughs> so uh, they really, uh, but yes, you in particular with your, uh, I mean, uh, Puya, right now, I can see you're getting ready to enter the big brother house yeah i'm ready to walk in and i'm gonna go head to head with whoever had that zoom comp set i didn't like it wasn't a fan of it i'm not yeah i'm not happy about it whatsoever 
whatsoever. <laughs> None of us were safe. None of us were safe. I don't think either of us went into the episode thinking we're going to get roasted, but you know, sometimes it happens. I just feel like they're, I just feel like they're coming for me constantly now because <laughs> last year, not last year, the, at the, at the end of the, um, the, the podcasting, the final three podcasting one felt yeah. like a big two. Yeah. That was big slam on someone who's on here every day talking about the show. Like that said, ahead. that said, they also have been using, uh, my ideas. Uh, Tyler's final two segment. Mm-hmm. That was all um, you that did come from the updates. Twists that are better balanced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's what's <laughs> next? What are you what are you pitching next, Aaron? I'm pitching <laughs> less physical competitions. Okay. Enzo will be mad. That's my but pitch. I think it's a good it's a good direction to go. Yeah. <laughs> we got one tonight or last night, but um it uh you know, so, look, just because it's not physical doesn't mean it's a guarantee that you're gonna uh you're going to get a, a result that you're looking for. This um, is true. But that's the thing. Like, that's why, like, uh, you know, you need multiple editions of like these quiz competitions where like, because if you only have a couple of them and in those those couple are like the only times you get to have like potentially weird results. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's like there's the there's your crapshoot like shoot the golf ball into one of these 20 holes that have points just randomly allotted to them. And then there's, here's a mental comp. It, you, you get what you put into it, work with it. So I feel like that is a good equalizer as opposed to, Hey, I'm a, I'm gonna need you to stand on this thing and like hold these vines and like really push your core to the max. And if you haven't been doing this for the last like six months, I'm sorry, you're not going to have any shot at this. So mm-hmm. I like that better. Yes, and because I know there are some people out there that will take me seriously, I do not believe that anybody at CBS knows who I am in any way. We are at that stage with the Big Brother rumor mill that you really have to clarify anything you say. Uh, And probably what will happen is that I said that and now they're like, I don't believe him. He must have a secret relationship with CBS. I knew it. He pre-planned it all. You tried to cover his tracks. I see right through that robot. I do. Uh, all right. So Keisha leaves the house. Uh, I thought a, a nice, a nice interview with Julie. I thought Julie was very nice to Keisha. Um, I thought that was nice. Um, but unfortunately, Keisha and, and Julie says, you're going home. I can confirm. I uh, have now spoken to Keisha. Uh, I as far as I was aware, free to ask her anything I wanted. Um, uh, I do not think there seems to be any reason to think that there is a buyback here for Keisha, at least. I, I feel like the biggest hint that we've gotten that there might be a buyback is the words of Janelle and Janelle being like, hey, they literally told me that for the frack, I'm not going to be going home if I go out in the first like week or two. So either they lied to Janelle or it is happening and they're like, hey, just you can answer anything you want because like you're all going to be sequestered separately anyways again before you go back in. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. We didn't get any indication. I just think that uh, Janelle got hoodwinked potentially. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe what happened is that uh, Janelle was like, if I get evicted week one or two, am I going home? And they're like, Janelle. Come on. <laughs> we'll slap together a twist so and, fast. And she was like, oh, I guess everyone gets it. No, 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 no. Oh, 
Janelle. <laughs> it's the Janelle pass, and then potentially maybe Kaser has the same clause in his. Yeah, J- Janelle, I know, I know we did you wrong in 14, and we gave Frank the Frank package. Don't worry, we tried to give it to him again in 18. That didn't work out. We have this down now. You're getting the Frank package, but now it's just the Janelle package. Janelle package. She, and, and, and she may need it. So I'm glad that the Janelle package is in the closet. <laughs> All right. So Memphis is our new HOH. And just the night before he was telling Cody, my nominations, if I win HOH, will be Ian and Bailey as a pawn. So you might think, okay, here we go. Ian and Bailey probably going to be the nominations. Hmm. Doesn't quite seem that way yet, Booyah. Um, no, I, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, Brent on the podcast last night was saying he feels like Memphis should make everybody feel uncomfortable, get everybody to play in the competition so that, uh, the safety competition, so that Memphis has fewer people to compete against in the following competition next week. Um, and so he shouldn't say anything to basically anyone. Uh, and that seems to be what Memphis is doing. And I think it's a pretty good strategy. Although if Brent can think of it, anybody can think of it, which means they're going to see through it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other side of that, the conversation is, um, he's doing that and sure, if he gets enough people to do it, then he has the room to run with it, to get the safety next week himself. However, is this something that people are going to hold resentment over him for? Is this something that is going to put him on more radars? Those are also possibilities as well. Um, but if, I mean, don't be surprised by me saying this, but I'm just shocked that Memphis came to a somewhat sensible conclusion for at least the beginning of his HOH reign. <laughs> yes. Um, it's a, it is, it is, uh, it is exactly what he should be doing, even if people do see through it, um, because that benefits him. Uh, and I don't think anybody's going to be upset, uh, that he's doing it. Um, so what we see here, um, we're going to see that, uh, Franzel and Christmas have a conversation. They would love for, uh, Memphis to target Janelle. Um, that if that was possible, Franzel is telling Christmas that, Hey, Janelle, she's got, she, she's coming for you. She's, she's coming for you. And Christmas is like, what? She's coming for me. She can't come for me. Uh, and she's like, you know who else, you know, who else is fake? Nicole Anthony. She acts like she's your friend, but she's not really your friend. And Christmas is like, yeah, yeah, that's totally right. I, she's totally fake. Lock it up, Taryn. This is the final two the audience wants. Trust me. I'm kidding. This is I'm kidding. Worst. Yeah, I'm kidding. This is not great. Don't love this. Bid them both. Uh, don't like any of this stuff. It's just so funny to me that Nicole Anthony is so associated with Janelle and so doesn't believe anything Janelle says and does not want to work with Janelle. But it's already like they're they're stuck together. They're connected together. And it just it doesn't take much every single time for um, Janelle to be thrown under. They're mad. Christmas's whole thing is if Nicole wins safety and she gives it to Janelle, that's nonsense. That's disrespect. That's pathetic. Pathetic is the word she used. And she said that Janelle's only way to be safe should be veto. And other than that, that shouldn't be allowed any other type of way. So like I said, the, the whole 
triangle of information with Davon, Janelle, and Christmas with regards to the Keisha incident has essentially blown back over with Christmas and Janelle being the only two really getting affected by it with like a very small pinch of Davon. Yeah, um, I've, I've, uh, again, we, I think we have to admit that, uh, that Franzel knows the game pretty well. Uh, I think that's just like from a strategic standpoint, she is very good. Um, and she is good at like just bonding with people that, oh, yeah. uh, like she is, she is perfect. She is, she is the anti internet fan. Like she, like uh, she is everything that the people on the internet hate, um, yeah. including the fact that she's really good at both bonding tightly with the people they hate and working closely with them, and bonding with their favorite people and ruining them. <laughs> yeah, like she has a great knack. She has a great understanding of the game. That I'm not going to dispute at all. I think it's the way she uses it, which is irritating to the fandom. But then also, you know, it's fun. It's low key. It is fun to have someone who you're not rooting for, but who is a actual comp competitive foil to your favorites. Like someone who's actively going to make them fight for it. Like she, you know, realistically has the mind to do something and get something out of it. And isn't just frustrating because they're annoying. That's a part of it potentially for some people. But also it's it's just the way she like her whining that people don't like is working. It works with some people. Some people really love that they can just go sit down and complain about things with her. And she makes it feel like they're hurt. So that's not a small thing to do. It's not, it's not easy to pull off. But she and she's it. she's not afraid to go and do work too. like uh, like she goes to work fast uh, and, you know, not everyone does that. And that's uh, that's not enough. That's not good enough if you're not doing that. Um, so uh, we also get uh, a few other conversations. There's a conversation uh, between uh, Franzel, Tyler and Cody that I thought was uh, pretty, pretty fun um, because they're all kind of in the photo room wondering what's Memphis going to do if he's not going to put up Janelle and Kaser because he's close to them. Then who is he going to put up? And they're all in their minds thinking about like their side piece. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, Cody is worried about Bailey and Davon um, because he knows that Memphis mentioned Bailey as a potential person to put on the block. Um, and so he's worried about that. Nicole Franzel is worried about Ian um, because she's got Ian and she and Cody is telling them he mentioned Ian as a possibility. And she's like, no, no, that's a bad idea. We can't get out Ian. Um, and Tyler is worried about David because David is an option to put up as a pawn. And Tyler knows that if David goes up as a pawn, things could easily flip around and he could get sent home, especially if he's up on the block next to Ian. And it becomes Tyler versus Franzel as to which of Ian or David end up going home. So Tyler is trying to protect Ian. Franzel is trying to protect Nicole. And so they're both trying to throw it on Bailey and Davon. But then you have Cody over here being like, mm, but Bailey and Davon are not close to Janelle. We don't want to go after Bailey and Davon. They're not actually that close. And Tyler's like, what do you mean? Bailey's talking to Janelle all the time. Um, and, uh, and, uh, Franzel is like, yeah, w- like they're close to him. And he's like, no, they're not. Wait a minute. They're not supposed to know that I'm so close to Bailey and Devon. I mean, I don't think they are. 
I mean, Bailey's, I mean, Davon's really mad at uh, Janelle because of the, the, you know, some things that happened last night. So, and like, well, they could be faking that. Like, I don't think so. It's very hard to try and convey information that you have and know without letting them know that you have this information for certain. He was definitely trying to get there. But look, here's the situation, right? With, with when people have parachutes within their alliance, you know, we've talked about the double brigade. We've talked about having your extra side pieces. The truth is, with someone like Memphis winning, I was very sad initially, Taryn. I'm not going to lie to you. Not very happy about it. But then the more you think about it, this is someone who's more of a wild card and is most more likely to maybe take out one of the side pieces of the people that he believes he's working with without even knowing it. And this is what we're seeing happen in front of us right now with this conversation is trying to figure out how can I avoid having my side piece go on the block or go out without really pushing too hard to make my core alliance not trust me, to make them not believe that I'm with them and I'm with the cause. And I think ultimately all of this, you look at all the people we've mentioned, there's one person, almost ideally, there's one person that has a realistic shot of leaving that they would all kind of be okay with. And that is Nicole Ann. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of who they fall onto. That uh, what about Nicole Anthony? Uh, and while Nicole Anthony is talking about how Janelle is in running is running the house, and uh, that we need to get Janelle out of the game because she's dangerous. Um, Cody and Tyler and Franzel are talking about. Well, if he's not going to go after Janelle, he needs to at least go after somebody that will weaken Janelle. So get out Nicole Anthony. She's so close with Janelle. She's like, she's like basically like in there with Kaser and, and she's like basically the third person in that trio. Um, and this does become a self-fulfilling prophecy later in the night. But at this point, it's pretty funny to hear this because Nicole Anthony is about to get clipped for being uh, associated with Janelle, who she's really only talking to because she thinks she's running the house. She needs to be in good with her. Yeah, no, it's it's so funny. Every time Janelle and Nicole talk and Janelle hits Nicole with a like last night. She was like, I'm happy you're in this room with me. I'm glad you're here. And Nicole's like, yeah, I'm happy, too. And I know we know that she doesn't trust Janelle for anything. And it's just like cozying up for that reason. It's it's so funny that the person she wants to get out most is potentially the person that is going to be the cause for her to leave. But not for the reason she thinks, just because people think they're associated too closely with one another. It's fascinating. Yes. And room assignments are actually very important here. Um, so the have nots are no longer have nots, and we have new have nots. Uh, the new have nots are Caser, uh, David, Franzel, and Christmas. Um, and so that left a couple of beds open. David is going to leave the bed in the photo room, and Cody goes, Call that bed. Because that's where all his allies are. Uh, so Cody is now replacing David in the photo room with Tyler, um, Danny, and Enzo. In the uh, the key room, the, the bedroom with uh, Janelle and Kaser, uh, and that Keisha used to be in, um, Ian is now replacing uh, Kaser in his bed, um, and Nicole Anthony is taking... Um, I Keisha. Was it Keisha's? I thought I thought Kevin took Keisha's bed. Who did Nicole Anthony? Oh, yeah. She took Franzel's bed, I think. Um, okay. And so, and it's the one next to Janelle. And 
she apparently was very uh, similar to Cody, very like obvious about like, I want to be in the bed. I want to be in this bed. Like, I want this one. Um, and she kind of fought for it. Um, and it's the one next to Janelle. And so they're looking at her like, wow, she really loves Janelle, huh? Uh, <laughs> now we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be right back. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. So let's get back to the show. So in that room now is Janelle, Nicole, Anthony, and Kevin with Ian on the other side. Um, so that's like, that's a room. And then the other room, like I said, you got Cody, Enzo, Tyler, Danny. That's a room. Um, and uh, and these room differences are going to really start to further the divide that's already in the house. When the feeds were back on, when all of this was happening, you did have, like uh, earlier on, you had Ian, Nicole Anthony, and Kevin in the key room, just kind of like talking about the vote, like, you know, kind of solemnly. Uh, and then in the kitchen, you had all of the power structure. You had Enzo, Memphis, Tyler, Cody, Devon, um, Danny, Franzel. They're all out in the kitchen socializing, laughing um, while everybody else is kind of isolating themselves um, and being very serious and very solemn, um, which is like bad on them for isolating themselves and I think bad on the power group for being way too obvious because this is what often happens when there's an HOH outcome that you like you can like play it down when it happens like don't care whatever but like the rest of the night there's like you're glowing you know, um, like uh, you just can't help but laugh at things loudly. You're just so happy to be here. Uh, let's joke around in the kitchen. Uh, not nary a care in the world because, you know, you're safe. Um, and the people that don't know they're safe don't feel that way. Um, and you think you're being slick, but it's very obvious. It's it's the feeling is very similar, I imagine, to when you're getting ready with like the rest of the school going into the exam hall and there's that nervousness of like, I don't know what's going to happen. You sit the exam, you finish it when you leave and you feel okay about it. All of that lifts. So for like the next like seven hours, you don't care about anything else. You're just happy. You survived that exam. Everything went well. But if you're in a position where, cause I've been in some town where you're like, I don't know if I passed or failed. Like it's just realistically, it could be anywhere. This was such a weird exam. And that is an unsettling feeling. And then there's, of course, the I did horrible 
And that's the feeling there as well. So with the with this big majority alliance that's feeling so comfortable in the kitchen, they know they passed that exam. It was easy. They studied. And like, even though they didn't know what to expect, they came out okay. They can have a meal guilt-free, not worry about it. Um, and I think it's hard not to feel that way, especially when there's so many of you that feel similarly. You just have a tendency of celebrating together. Whether it's not too out loud or whatever, you're still doing it on a some kind of level. So, yes. So Memphis is going to uh, eventually get uh, the key to the HOH room. Um, he is going to burst out of the diary room uh, and scare the uh, what would what would Franzel say? Scare the frick out of her or something. Um, <laughs> the Jesus or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, she's really freaked out. Um, and so they go up and, um, and they do the HOH thing. Uh, he got a very sweet letter from, uh, from his son. Um, and then everybody goes out pretty quickly and Janelle uh, very quickly is going to like latch on, like be the first one to talk to him. Um, which I thought was great. Uh, the conversation doesn't really go anywhere, but um, but he does kind of imply that she's good um, and also implies I'm not talking targets. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Um, everybody is technically up for grabs. Uh, he's doing exactly what Brent was saying. You implying everybody should be playing in the safety competition. Um, but he is, again, kind of like uh, like. You don't have to worry, though, Janelle. Um, you know, he, he he's talking like they're good um, because he does, I think, want to keep this relationship on the up and up as much as possible and not have to go after them. Yeah, I think that um, that was one of the reasons why I was kind of OK with everything after I settled my emotions down and start stop being a baby about Memphis winning is that, you know what? I think that he's going to try and leverage the relationship he has with Janelle and Kaser. To a degree, you know, the start of the week, yes, last week, everyone's like, okay, it's these two, it's Keisha and Memphis, they're going to try and work together. That didn't pan out Memphis as it is his other plans, but I think he's going to try and keep them around, if not for just the relationship, just in case they win. I don't think he, I think he knows he's not the target. The other reason, Taryn, and this is evident based on the strategy he's using, which is make everyone flush their safety, is that they, these two have already flushed their safety. So he's guaranteed two people that will not compete in it next week. Why not get some more people to flush it and get them out? So that's a, that's a good thing for him is to scare the other people, keep the ones that don't have it safe anyways, because, hey, you're not going to be a problem for me next week. And if you win, you're not going to put me up. It's a win-win situation. And everyone else is targeting you anyways. Yes. So uh, so that's that's basically the conversation he has there. Um, Franzel and Christmas are going to talk more in the have not room. They're then going to go into the HOH room. Danny's going to join them for a little bit. Um, Memphis basically says, like, here's the thing. I want. At least two of you playing in the safety competition, because if everybody's playing and like five people don't play. It's going to be so obvious. Um, so this is Memphis trying to get his own alliance to burn their safety pass, uh, their VIP pass. Um, and Christmas immediately is like, 
I'm down. Ready to ready to do it for the team. Uh, I'll 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 do it. Um, and so uh, that's what he's that's what they talk about there. Uh, he does also briefly talk with Danny and says that he is not interested in backdooring anyone this week. He would prefer to keep it straightforward. Um, I do believe him there. Uh, I I'm I you know over the course of the night we'll talk about where we think he'll go. But the the vibe I got from most of his conversations was that he wants to, he he is leaning toward the easy thing um, and an easy thing with no potential backdoor would be his preference, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I think that he very much wants to not rock the boat too much. He doesn't want to get it too fancy with it. He cited the reason for not wanting to backdoor as it's too soon for that. So he doesn't want to be involved in doing something like that, obviously, because that that would entail putting up a pawn and then a third nominee. And that's not something he wants to do. I think he just wants a clean shot, an easy shot. And then he wants to go to the back of the line because all he wants, I think his main objective, Taryn, isn't I want to get X out anymore. I think his main objective was let me show the people that I've been speaking to this past week about me having their back. Let me have their back and then I'll move on from that. Yeah. Um, and I think that you can do a backdoor early. Uh, it just has to be a like very consensus house target that you do that to. Right. Um, and even like Kaser and Janelle are not quite at that level um, at this point, maybe close to it. So if he did want to do a backdoor, probably be one of them. Um, but uh, but like you think think to like a, like a Devin situation uh, where it's like you can kind of make the whole house trust you by doing a backdoor. Um, but I think Memphis is mostly right here that, you know, uh, a sort of like a, a savage backdoor, like a like gotcha backdoor is way it makes you look very sketchy as an HOH um, and yeah. being just straightforward and putting up to, you know, blah options uh, like Cody did uh, can really get you through. Um, like he seems like he's going to be tame with it. I don't think he's going to be there's going to be any like maliciousness or like extra like aggressiveness or actively wanting to do something. There is something I did hear about at some point, And I think, I don't think we're going to touch on it at any other point. So I'm just going to ask you here. Apparently the way he assigned David, yes. I have not was very harsh. I was going to bring that up. Um, okay. So in fact, cause I, I was, I, I was going to bring it up earlier and I forgot. And then I forgot okay. to bring it up just because we were just talking about the easy thing. I forgot again. Um, but uh, so, yeah, they um, like Tyler apparently was kind of upset about the way that um, that David was put up as a have not. Um, I think David was kind of upset about it. Uh, I think Janelle talked about like, what's the big deal? Like, uh, like, get over it. It's you're playing a game, um, which is very typical of Janelle. But people uh, people were like, "Ooh, man, like uh, it seems like he was really like putting David as a have not uh, like kind of kind of harshly. Um, and David is later going to talk to Kaser um, and uh, kind of um, they are they're talking about potential nominations and kind of you get the implication that uh, that David might be the target for Memphis. Um, but, uh, but we'll, we'll get into that when we get to the Kaser conversation for sure. But yes, I did want to, uh, cue up the fact that apparently it was kind of a harsh way of putting David as a have not, we did not see it though. So I don't know uh, what the context was. Um, so 
Memphis is going to have a conversation with Cody. This is going to be the important one. He does have a conversation with uh, Devon first. Uh, Devon does a good job getting up there, um, you know, being like, hey, well, you know, before everyone else storms you, uh, I just wanted to like, uh, like acting like she's doing him a favor by uh, <laughs> by coming in. Um, but he was having none of it. He was just like, yeah, I'm just not going to not going to talk much tonight. Uh, honestly, I have no idea what I'm going to yeah. do. So uh, I'm sure we'll talk tomorrow. His direct quote was, I can go two paths. One that is a threat to my game later on, or one that's easy to get at. It's like, thank you, Memphis. You've summed up what having power in the game of Big Brother is. You really gave her nothing. He did, though. He did say, just wanted to let you know you are. No, Davon said, I don't want you to let you know you're good with me. He didn't even give her that yeah. guarantee. He's been very, very sure to not give that to everybody. Davon, Davon was kind of like trying to make that bond as a parent. Um, and nothing in return uh and she has to go out the door ty uh cody comes in and we get probably the most genuine sort of like actual planning conversation here um memphis mentions to cody that he wants at least two people playing in the in the safety competition and and yes uh memphis was also he locked the door after day after day left (laughs) cody was like you locking the door already and he's like, yeah, I don't want people barging in on me. And Cody's like, yeah, yeah, those people. Closes the door, walks in. Um, so uh, he wants at least two people from the, the you know, telephone game, usual suspects, incinerators, alliance. They really need to come up with a name already because it's getting annoying. Um, Apparently he's asked. Apparently he's waiting for the DR to give him an answer on whether or not they can use the name. Is what They're not going to be able to use usual no, suspects. Maybe no unusual way. suspects. Maybe. Yeah. But uh, but not usual suspects. I mean, come on. Um, (laughs) But uh, he says that he could do something safe or he could take a shot. And he says safe would be something like Nicole, Anthony and David. Um, Maybe a bigger move would be something like Davon and Bailey. Um, And it was just like, whoa, (laughs) where did that come from? Um, Now, Remember, Bailey was somebody that he wanted to bring in to the usual suspects. Um, and what happened was Danny uh, vetoed Bailey being brought in. She said, you can't bring in Bailey. She's way too close to day. And if you remember to that conversation, uh, Memphis was shocked that day was so close to bay um he was like what they're they're close like i didn't think they were close she's like, they're inseparable like they're they're the package deal and he was like oh my god and since that moment he had a great relationship with bailey before then since that moment he hasn't really talked with bay that much i think he's like super like he i think he was like whoa like i did not see this now he sees them as like this dangerous pair um and that's probably why he was talking about using her as a pawn uh, next to Ian. And it's probably why we're looking at uh, Day and Bay as potential nominees here from Memphis. Although, as I said, uh, I think that there's also definitely a possibility that he has no intention of putting those two on the block and all the intention to put David and Nicole on the block. And he's just throwing those names out there to be like, you know, I have other plans, too. I'm not close to these people. Yeah. I think his whole thing is, I don't want to look like I've settled on an idea in my head. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give an alternative option. I'm going to give a more outlandish option, but I'm going to call that the, the, the big move option. 
And I'm going to make it clear that I'm not really keen on a big move, but it's an option in my head. And I think that's the way it's been going because, and obviously, you know, you've mentioned bringing these names up to Cody, like Cody's not going to want that. There's no way Cody wants this. I, I just think it's him showing that, oh, I have my options open when in fact, we kind of know that he zeroed in on like three people that he sees as expendable for his game. Yeah. And, and, and again, like weirdly, like he's, he hasn't brought up these names to anybody, but Cody, um, you know, Memphis, Memphis is the kind of guy who thinks he's cleverer than he actually is, uh, which makes him come up with like, ideas that don't make a lot of sense but in his mind are like super clever so like, i could easily see him being like i'm close to bailey i tried to bring her in they didn't want her to be in so now i'm going to pretend like she's super expendable to me while i actually still work that relationship on the down low so i'm going to mention her as a possible nominee but i'm never actually going to nominate her I could see that being something that he's doing, or i could see him being like i said like uh weirded out by the fact that she's close to today um and uh, and actually considering nominator, I have no idea what's going on in this guy's head. Yeah, I would want it to be the first one. The first one is low, like pretty good. But I, I would like that because it it makes it look like, hey, this is how much I do not care about Bailey. Contrary to what your beliefs are, trust me. That I like because he's also not going to do it, so that's no problem. Obviously, the one bad thing is if it gets back to Bailey, but then he hasn't done it, and the receipts are that, hey, I didn't do that, so that's not a thing. Yeah, because he doesn't know how close Cody is with Bailey and Devon. Right, right. He he doesn't know that. He doesn't know that at all. Um, and, but I feel like the other thing maybe makes more sense for a Memphis. Again, for some reason, I'm still like not willing to give Memphis's due. I don't know why, but we'll see as the week goes along. It's day one. You know, there could be so much more to Memphis than what I've been seeing. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Cody has a couple of sort of agendas here. Um, I think that he, he's trying to feel Memphis out on Janelle and Kaser and he's doing it in the sort of like backwards way where he's like, so obviously, you know, you're probably not looking at throwing up Janelle and Kaser. They're probably too valuable to you. Uh, and Memphis is like, yeah, basically he's like, yeah, that, yeah. Um, and so Cody backs off of that. He does not want to be trying to push that one too hard. He's got other things that he needs to work harder for. Um, and so the second piece uh, on his agenda is Ian. Um, that uh, he, that Franzel was pushing hard to keep Ian. Ian is valuable. Uh, Cody has also been working on his relationship with Ian. He's had some talks with Ian over the past few days and he feels okay enough with Ian that he doesn't really want Ian to go quite yet. It seems though. I, I think he would be willing to let Ian go if he had to. Um, and so he brings up Ian. He says, I know you talked about Ian before, but, uh, and Memphis is like, yeah, I did, but I don't know. And Cody's like, yeah. And it's just like, when, like, when's the right time to take that shot? Um, and Memphis is like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Not sure. Uh, and Cody's like, I just, I personally feel like, uh, I feel like he kind of likes me. So I feel like we might not need to take the shot. Like, uh, like when we hang out, he's like, he's putting his arms up like this, like, like I do. Um, he's like, he's saying like, like uh like yo what's what what's what's cooking uh like he's saying like uh like he's mimicking me um and (laughs) she's like i feel like 
uh, I feel like he's he's in with me. Um, so maybe we don't need to take that shot, essentially. Um, and Memphis seems very like fine with that. Like Memphis didn't even name Ian before this conversation. Uh, and he gave no indication that Ian was was a target. Um, Cody said, so, yeah, maybe that easy thing like Nicole and David, maybe Ian is like a potential backdoor. Um, and Memphis says essentially like, yes, sure. Um, but I don't think that they I don't think that either of them actually want that from the from the tone of this conversation. Mm-hmm. I feel like Cody tried to maybe throw Ian's name in there a little bit and then got some pushback and immediately did the say the stuff you talked about, the whole like mimicry and all that, because I feel like in other conversations, he's doing what he was doing about Tyler last week, talking about. Oh, Tyler, he's going to throw all the comps. It kind of feels like he's subtly throwing that out there. I don't necessarily think like maybe this is the week that it has to happen necessarily, but it's one of those things where it's like, hey, if you're going to take out somebody, one of the side pieces, maybe Ian's the top of my pick on the draft on the board. Maybe you get rid of Ian for me. That would work out for me. That's how I'm taking it, but I do not think he's going to want to push his agenda to the depths of you know hell to get Ian out on Memphis's HOH and try really, really hard. But I, and, and like, I do think that he probably should. I think if I, if it's him, he should want Ian out potentially off everyone on the board. But I think, and we'll talk about this, Taryn, I think he's getting very complacent with where he is that Cody. So I, I, I got, so uh, I think that's a, like a perfectly uh, like reasonable read on it as well. My, my read on it was that Cody brought up Ian to try and see if he could sway Memphis off of Ian um, it, from the start. Um, I do think, I think Cody's sort of priority list is um, uh, like definitely not any like him or anybody that, is in you know his main crew uh definitely not davon or bailey um and then uh not david then not ian um and then uh then like uh like whoever so i i I feel like what he wanted was nicole and david sounds perfect to me we'll get out nicole um Mm -hmm. and then if somebody comes off the block then he would let dave uh, let ian go up on the block um and he'd take out ian over david but he'd probably take out nicole over ian uh at this point so um so i I, that's 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 the read that i got from from cody in this uh spot i think we're pretty pretty close to uh to each other here um (laughs) but so that's that's basically like what's what's happening there in that conversation. That seems to be like the most concrete planning stage here. Um, like I said, I got the sense from Memphis that Ian probably isn't even really that much of an option. And in fact, I think the thing that Cody is worried about is that if Memphis did go with the Nicole and David option, that he might actually throw up like a Bailey or Davon as the replacement instead of Ian, um, which is definitely possible. Or he might throw up Ian. I still have no idea what is on this guy's mind. Uh, so, um, so I'm not sure, but I'm inclined to believe that he is leaning toward Nicole and David. Yeah, I feel like that's the that's the more um, that's what I predict to be the case as well. I think obviously with the safety suite, the fact that two people will be safe, we don't know who those two are. That could really change plans because if that removes two people that would have been within his pool of five, that leaves three people that he can put up and then we could see some other stuff go down. But I I do think that the Nicole David nominations are should be what are the preliminary ones, no matter what happens today. 
Mm-hmm. So, we'll um, so in the meantime, while this is happening, Nicole is talking with Ian um, again, locking in this relationship, keeping uh, keeping him in the right state of mind for her game. Uh, um, it's you know, I'm watching Nicole with Ian and, and I'm like, uh, like, Ian, don't don't do it again. Don't. This is what Dan did to you. Um, so she is like, uh, don't trust Nicole Anthony. She is not trustworthy. He's like, what? No, I, like it was Nicole. She's like, no, she's with Janelle. He's like, what? No, she's not with Janelle, is she? He's like, yes. Did you see her? She wanted that bed desperately. She's obsessed with with. She's obsessed with Janelle. She's a, she just wanted to be close to her. Um, she's she's so she's definitely working. Oh, Ian, come on, you. It's obvious. Um, and Ian's like, oh, man, I didn't know. I didn't notice before. Um, she's like, yeah, don't trust her. Um, and uh, she's like, I'm, and look, I'm trying to look out for you. I'm trying to look out for you. I'm trying to like, uh, like anytime anybody mentions you, like uh, I, I say like, oh, no, he's good. Like, I'm trying to make sure you're staying off the block. And I'm trying to I'm trying to like I'm, I'm making some friends. I'm trying to get you included on things. But like, I also don't want us to make us seem like we're a pair because we don't want to like uh, that's too threatening. Um, he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, Ian talks about who he feels comfortable with in the house. He says, uh, Nicole, Cody, Danny. And Memphis are the people he feels most comfortable with in the house. Um, and uh, and she says, you should talk to Memphis because, you know, we don't want him to nominate you or anything. So he goes, OK, I'm going to go. With, I'm going to I'm going to talk to talk to Memphis. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, She they talked a little bit about the safety comp, the safety suite. And she said, don't save anyone from the other side. Otherwise, I don't care. You don't have to save me. I think Nicole has done. A fine job, and this is where I compliment a player that I'm not really a fan of. She really has done a fine job of reeling Ian in and then effectively using Ian as a bargaining chip to her allies. You know, it's like if a, if a parachute was the price of admission for the alliances, unless you're Enzo, because obviously he's he never needs one for some reason. She had Ian. She presented Ian, and I think she's done a good job of also still being able to control Ian to a degree, still being able to tell Ian things that Ian needs to hear and have him do the things that she would need him to do. I think having him talk to Memphis, she knows he really needs to do it. She doesn't say it in a way that is going to set him into a panic necessarily. It's subtle enough that it works, even though Franzel does very well have the tools needed to cause a panic, to cause paranoia. Mm hmm. Um, so in the meantime, during that, you have people like Nicole, uh, Anthony trying to talk to Memphis and he doesn't give her anything. Uh, you have uh, a few other people cycle through and he just tells all of them, like, not talking, not talking. Um, so we then get Ian going up to talk to Memphis. Ian comes in. Um, and this was very interesting to me. Um, so if you recall, just a minute or two ago, I said, Ian said that Memphis is one of the four people he's most comfortable with in the yep. house. You might go, why is that? Memphis has been talking about targeting Ian. Well, something happened while the feeds were down earlier in the day. They have, they, Ian comes in, he says, you know, we had a great conversation earlier today. I'm so glad we did. Um, you know, uh, I, I haven't even heard from Dan in years. Um, and, uh, Memphis is like, yes, we had a great conversation. Uh, like, d- like, don't worry about it. Um, and he, he basically is telling Ian, like, he's, like, he's, he's either like, just like completely snowing this guy, like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm your possibility, 
or he's just genuinely like uh, like Ian's not really a possibility in Memphis. Mine. I don't know what this conversation was. I'm very curious to know what it was because uh, I think that it it was definitely big um, because they hadn't really talked before this. Um, but uh, but I I really don't feel like Memphis is interested in targeting Ian anymore. I don't see it either. I, I don't know what it is because I also was of the ones who came in thinking that's what's going to happen, worried. But it doesn't look like that's the case. I wonder if, and I really do think, I wonder if Memphis is finding himself and realizing and thinking, you know what? I'm kind of in the middle of everything. I'm good with both sides. No one's really going to come after me either which way. So why should, and like Ian has enough people looking at him. Maybe I don't need to be the one to do this. Let me take out someone that no one else would have taken out because easy week and then go to the back and let them continue to take each other out. I wonder if that's what his idea is. Again, this would be me lending hella credit and game theory and understanding to Memphis. I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet. To me, it it really did feel like Marietta in the chat says the renegade connection. It like it felt like the conversation had to do with Dan, but in a positive way. Um, like Memphis uh, might have like talked to Ian, like you know, uh, like Dan really likes you. Uh, I think it would be really cool if we could like you know do renegades or something like that. <laughs> uh, you know, so, something along those lines. Um, you know, I I went back and I listened to uh, or I watched the uh, Dan um, ten year anniversary from Big Brother Ten thing that happened a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, which I'm, I'm sure the last time that Dan and Ian talked, because uh, <laughs> at that point they said they hadn't talked in four years. Um, and, uh, and like it, it like uh, I, I did sort of, um, you know, cause a lot of people are saying like, uh, like they feel like Dan would want Memphis to target Ian. Um, but I feel like it might be the opposite that maybe Dan said to Memphis, like, Hey, I think you can work with Ian. Like, uh, because why not? Like, why would, right. Like Ian is a great person to work with, especially if you're somebody like Memphis. Uh, so, um, it, cause like I said, like, I, hopefully we find out more about this conversation, but the way that Ian talked about like, yeah, Dan hasn't even reached, uh, I haven't heard from Dan in, in, in years. Like that was like, he was surprised that something positive came from Dan mm-hmm. in that conversation with Memphis, but, uh, I'm not sure. Right. Like I think because like, you know, you think about why would Dan want, which unbelievably enough, Dan's influence is so immense that we're talking about him in a season he's not even on. <laughs> Dan, the only reason you could maybe cite that Dan would want Memphis to go after Ian is that Dan's salty that Ian won, which is some I think Marty in the chat said, which I don't think is the case because mm-hmm. Dan doesn't seem like that type of guy. I don't think Dan's like sitting here harboring this feeling eight years later. If he did, he would be on the season. He'd be on the season to like get it done. He doesn't care. Like that's not a thing. I think he knows, Hey, Ian's a solid guy. He's a good kid. He was loyal to me. He won the final HOH and took me like he's someone that should work with and will be loyal to the person he's most loyal to. So why wouldn't he want Memphis to have that connection? with him, Right. I mean, that's, that's what makes the most sense. That's why it was kind of weird to me that um, Memphis was seemingly targeting Ian. Maybe he still is. Maybe this was him bringing Ian into a false sense of security for all we know. We don't know. And that's the beauty of not knowing some information on the board. Um, it piques my curiosity. I mean, Puya, the internet has told me that they are 100% confident that Dan definitely told Memphis to take out Ian because he was afraid of tarnishing his legacy. So, I mean, if the internet is telling me that, 
Yeah. It I must mean, be true, right? It's shape. Hey, the internet doesn't lie. Okay. The internet is not a, not a liar. So don't call the internet a liar. And it, maybe that's what it was. Gang. No. And no, really like the person that Dan needs to worry about the most when it comes to his legacy, the two people, Tyler and Cody, I think uh, if Tyler or Cody make it to the end and win the game, uh, then like uh, they have legitimate claims, I think, to uh, to to contend with uh, with Dan in a very serious way. Um, and uh, and so I, I don't know, like uh, I just like, I'm not really seeing it, uh, this this thing. But uh, who knows? The Internet. You know, as as Adam says, the Internet is never wrong. So, yeah, I look forward to I know that Dan's favorite podcast is the Saturday Roundtable where we do discuss the legacy. Mm. So he's going to get this filled there. But I think need not worry, Internet. Your theories are probably wrong. Just enjoy the ride. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, Memphis is also going to talk to Kaser. Um, and this is when he again says, I could do something big. I could do something small. Um, and he kind of mentions David. Um, and so he says to Kaser like uh, that. He's kind of he's kind of hoping that uh, he's essentially in the same spot that Cody was last week where Cody was kind of hoping that somebody would just kind of make themselves a target. And so Memphis is saying, uh, you know, the way that David reacted to being a have not, he's kind of hoping that he'll end up making a target of himself. Um, and Kaser was like, what, in 24 hours before the nominations? He's no, 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 like after I nominate him, like implying that he's already decided he's nominating David, that once he's on the block and on slop, that he's going to he's going to end up being like putting a target on his back. So so this is what I'm thinking. I think that what Memphis wants to do is David and Nicole Anthony on the block. And I think that David is his target. Um, I think that he would prefer to have David out, but that's not what the rest of his alliance will want. If Nicole Anthony is on the block next to David. So that could be interesting, but we've still got more to go that could change everything up. So, uh, but that was, you know, that was mostly the conversation with Kaser. Yeah. There wasn't really much else to add there. I, I think that um, Kaser's thing, once he feels felt the trust with Memphis last night, he brings up again, hey, I just want you to know, I think there's a thing going on between Cody, Tyler, and David. So in a way, getting David out also to him, to Memphis, should tell him, hey, this is someone that Kaser named. This is also good for me. I think for multiple reasons, David is the one he wants to look at, and it makes sense for him. But like you said, the very, very important and serious thing that he's probably missing here is that you're not going to get David to go if you put Nicole Anthony up there. So that's not the move you want to make. Um, now, my question to you is, Taryn, let's say that Nicole wins safety and gives it to someone that wasn't on Memphis's radar, like not David. David's still up there. Does he put someone like Kevin up who's already been up there or does he go like a different way to you? I, I don't I don't know. I It's, it's yeah. so hard to get in his head. Um, I, I feel like. It definitely could be Kevin. I mean, look, and Kevin has been saying Memphis's name all week yeah. long. He, 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 Kevin chose Memphis as his enemy in the house. He said to Nicole Anthony, <laughs> I need one enemy. I can't be friends with everyone. Memphis is that guy. And of course, Memphis wins the HOH. So, um, you know, it would definitely be easy to put up Kevin, although I don't think that Memphis ever found out that Kevin was saying Memphis's name. So, of course, you've got Kevin over here, like, shivering in a corner, like, he knows. 
he's gonna put me up but i don't think I, I, like honestly i could see memphis going up to kevin and being like uh okay um carl you're safe don't worry about it <laughs> i don't think he knows who he is yeah i don't think so either i wouldn't be surprised if I feel like Carl is probably, if we have to draft names that he would call him, Carl is probably number one for me. <laughs> Carl with a K makes sense. Yeah. 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 So I, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what goes on in the mind of Memphis, um, honestly, because I do think that if um, one of his two plans, which right now it seems like is Nicole and David, if one or both win, what is he going to do next is going to be very interesting mm-hmm. to find out. Um, so... Cody and Tyler are going to talk about uh, about what Cody has now found out um, that uh, they um, that uh, Cody says that uh, he's uh, Tyler in particular is very worried about David. Tyler's going to bring up David. He doesn't want David on the block. He doesn't want David to go. Tyler is is campaigning hard for David. Um, and so they're they're worried about that. Um, Cody is also still worried about Danny. Um, he mentions that like she's a comp beast she's smart uh, and I'm still wondering where the you and me being connected thing came from because like when that was going around we like barely talked um, which is true I I was also wondering like how did they clock this when they've spoken like two words to each other the entire game so far? Uh, and it was, I think, just a lucky guess. Um, they, I mean, because they also assumed David was in it and David never talks to any of them ever except right. for Tyler, like in very brief chunks. Um, and so uh, but they but they be, because it was a lucky guess, he's like, I think it might just be wild speculation, but it might also be that she's protecting Janelle. It might also be. What if she's the one that came up with it herself? What if she was spreading this around early and then she got close to us and regretted it and is now trying to cover for herself? Um, And this is what happens when you try to give people information, uh, but you're not careful about making sure you uh, put all of the pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I think Cody's mistrust with Danny is interesting to keep an eye on. I think that I think the fact is. A lot of people, like Kaser, even last night, kept repeating that to Memphis. Like, hey, they're broing out, bringing it up to Nicole Anthony. Hey, they're broing out. This whole broing out thing is just a natural assumption people are going to make, similar to how almost every season someone's like, oh, what if there's an all guys alliance, all girls alliance? And I feel like you look at the board, and yeah, Cody and Tyler seem like the most like similar in likeness in potentially personality. So it makes sense to clock them together. I think Cody's thing with Danny is that. He is terrified that Danny's going to stab him in the back when he least expects it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want that at all. So he feels like he has to have a one eye on her constantly. And it makes it hard for him to just, you know, have a safe, fun ride when he has to keep an eye on the back of him, make sure that Danny's not going to hit him, which he's the most curious, like concerned about her over anybody else. And in my opinion, he should be more worried about Tyler, but... That's just my bro. I mean, he should also be worried about Danny, but um, so Tyler says, oh, man, I had a whole plan cooked up if uh, if you and I ended up on the block together Um, and Cody eventually is like, uh, what was your plan? It's like, oh, you would uh, you would need to tap into your acting skills. So we would have had a fight for the ages, a fake fight for the ages. We would have been like going at each other. Uh, And I'm like, okay. 
Tyler's head is back in the game. Like this is this is the Tyler of Big Brother 20 in the hacker week when he was coming up with all kinds of crazy contingency plans uh, like left and right about like this fake fight. And we'll go over here and we'll do this um, that we never actually saw like any of these come to fruition. I personally think that they would probably completely explode uh, in his face. But I really want to see him have to try one because I think it would be fun. Um, But this is an indication to me that like he is now he's having fun again. Um, I feel like the first week he was like he's just his head was not in the game. He was not talking to people. He's now like he's talking to people. He's engaged. He's hanging out with them. He's joking with them. He's coming up with fake plans in his head. Like uh, this is the Tyler we expected to see. Yeah, he's now signed in and ready to go, I do think. And I think that um, in his season, obviously, things were a little bit too good for him that he didn't need to do any of that. I do think if his back's against the corner, we'll definitely see him try and throw some acting skills into the mix to see what happens. The other thing, you mentioned that you think Cody should be more wary of Tyler. I agree. Cody was sitting there last night just full on talking about his entire blueprint Everything that he feels comfortable with, he's like, oh, we're set, man. You and me, we're set. This, I'm good with this person. I'm good with this person. This is what we're going to do here. This is what we're going to do here. And he just kicked back and feeding all this information to the one person who knows how to best handle having all the information, Tyler. He's definitely sleeping on Tyler. I think that was not great to do, and he's going to regret it. Because I don't think you can't give Tyler information like this and not have him use it against you, even if you're allies. He'll try if he needs to use it against you, he will. Yes. Well, to 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 be clear though, he is not telling Tyler about the core four, about Franzel and Danny uh and Enzo being a four. He's not telling Tyler anything about Danny or about um about Day and Bay. Um and so there is still a lot of information that uh that is being kept from Tyler. When mm-hmm. Cody talks to Tyler, it's all about like the Memphis thing. Um and like how like these people are working together, but like they're like Memphis over here. Um and uh and so uh like he he definitely I think is feeling, you know, a little too comfortable around Tyler, but this is also like reminding me a lot of like, you know, Cody broing down with like Caleb or, um, or Frankie and like, uh, like, Hey man, this is, we're set. Like we've got this covered. Cause it's kind of like a way to be like, you shouldn't worry. Like we've got this covered. Um, so We'll see. Cody also talks about how um, like this is what he did. This is what he did in 16. Uh, like the, his alliance just ran the game because they had all the comp winners on their side and they just won competition after competition. Like uh, like back in the day when these people were playing, they didn't have things like this. The you know, go back and forth, filling liquid on the slippy thing. Uh, like they didn't have competitions like that. Like you can just win the competitions now. Uh, so you just need to get all the comp comp winners on your side and you're set like uh, you're just set um which is unfortunately very true like uh that is exactly the problem with the game nowadays is that the competitions are too winnable and you see that all you need to do to win the game is get a group of people who all can win competitions back to back to back to back uh and it's done yeah i mean he clocked it taryn we've talked about it we've talked about you've had extensive research done on the fact that the physicality of the competitions has just been increasing in percentage every year. And if this year is no different so far, it's a, it's a healthy mix so far, but if this year continues that trend, it does. You mean look at the cast and I think his side is stacked. So outside of one person in Janelle, for sure. 
And then one person as a wild card in Kaser, in my opinion, who I would need to see it. He does look like he could do it, but I don't think there's enough proof on the resume there. But mm-hmm. Janelle's someone who's capable of being a foil there, which I think he's aware of. But almost everyone else is in his corner with that. So if he's working those angles, yes, everything's looking up, Cody. Everything's looking good. But yeah, I'll have to wait for it. Uh, so what I really liked from Tyler in this conversation is talking up how valuable David is to them. Um, so Tyler is talking about like, uh, like, yeah, like he's, he's just so like, he's so valuable. And Cody like is fully snowed into this. Cody feels like, yes, I can use David as a pawn. He's so valuable to us. He wins HOH. It's like, it's our HOH. We can tell him what to do. Um, and Tyler's like feeding into this, feeding into this. Uh, David is more valuable than anybody else, even more valuable than like an Enzo or an Ian or like anybody like we need him here he's super valuable and this is the insidiousness of Tyler this is what Cody is not seeing coming from Tyler uh like if Cody thinks he has an eye on Tyler he does not see uh David standing behind him because uh David is Tyler's to use not yeah. Cody's to use if David is going to be used by anybody at all we still don't even really know what David's up uh, what is, where his head's I mean apparently he was talking to feeds um, while, while we've been doing this podcast so maybe he was giving us some insight but wow. um, but if if David is at least in terms of loyalties I think that Tyler definitely has David's loyalty far more than Cody and if they both bring him deep then uh, Cody's probably going to find himself on the other side of a David that he protected early in the game and got rid of one of his own pieces to, to keep around. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that, you know, we talked about David needs to cool it with the playing dumb aspect. I think this is a situation where him doing that helps him, but then him also doing that and giving that ammunition to Tyler to use for him makes it even better. Cause I think Tyler successfully has made Cody believe that, Hey, he's our puppet now. We literally have a puppet that we can use. That's a side piece offer that none of the other side pieces can give you. The other side pieces have mind of their own. They're going to do something they want to do, and we have to support it. David's a dummy. Let us control the dummy. And that, to a degree, will work, should work to in Cody's ears. Cody should want to keep that because if that just gives him another, you know, physical specimen to participate in challenges with him and help him, that's a win. But I think, like you said, this is going to be the start of Tyler. This is the this is this is the premier week of Tyler. We didn't see Tyler his first week, but he also was safe and he had the HOH. But we know second week Tyler, so to speak. We know what he's capable of. So this is going to be fun to watch. Um, and I'm keen to see this. And honestly, if we get down to it, my dream is for Cody to get um, uh, what's it called? Bamboozled. So. So far, all the signs are pointing that way with and, Tyler. So and don't forget, Tyler also has Christmas, who is also finding her way into this group. Like it's it's like uh, like Tyler, I do think still if Tyler like fails at some point, I think we're going to point to week one when he was not on the ball and he didn't get involved as early as he could have. And other loyalties forms. Tyler more than anybody knows how valuable it is to get in early because JC got in on day three, but Casey got in on day two. And so Casey was over JC and like, uh, that was it. And that could easily be what happens with Cody and his crew. But 
despite the fact that he's not at the exact core, what Tyler is doing is he is bringing in secretly double agents that are secretly his people. And they're they're like weaseling their way into this group. Uh, and eventually, I imagine he's looking at tearing them out of it uh and um and sort of like taking over um which would be very fun to see if it happens so um they when they say if it comes down to david or ian on the block they're gonna have to take out ian and like sorry franzel but it's just the way things are gonna have to go here um because you know what ian's gonna go to franzel david is gonna come to us us not us. just me, the both of us together. It's a the shared chair. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Co- Cody, Cody's the one that says that. Like they, he, because Cody thinks he's playing Tyler. I think in this situation, Cody thinks that yeah. he's got David. Um, so Enzo joins them, and they talk about how they were like Memphis wants at least two of us to play. Um, and uh, and it's just like he's just trying to get it, get everyone to play now, so that he can have a free shot next time. Uh, like uh, it's jerk. Um, <laughs> Cody feels like he might have to play because he was saying he was going to play last week. Um, Tyler's like, I mean, I'll do it if you want, but it does make more sense for you to do it. Uh, and they're like, Christmas said she would do it. Like, oh, great, Christmas. Um, and so they're still trying to work that out. Uh, and um cody just says uh we just want uh yeah just like he's he's just trying to get as as many people off the uh you know the list for next week so uh we'll we'll figure it out we'll figure it out they they clocked it completely and i don't think i mean they were clearly trying to like tyler and um cody were trying to be like hey you do it no you do it he wants one more person maybe one of us do it maybe you should be the one to do it and i'll protect you next week anyways I think it's the most non-surprising thing is that obviously Christmas was the one from the Alliance that said, I'll do it. That doesn't shock me one bit. I'm curious if any of them are going to. I'm curious. I I guess it will depend on who stands up to go to do it. But I just feel like there's no incentive for them to do it, really. Outside of like pissing Memphis off, which I feel like they can just be like, hey, that gives more chance to save you next week, Memphis. Like if you don't win it, I win it. I give it to you. We're good anyways. So. Yeah. Um, so Nicole, uh, Nicole Anthony is going to talk with Janelle and Kevin. And this is where you really start to get into things that could make everything we just talked about obsolete. Um, because Nicole is finally talking with Janelle for an extended period of time because they're in this they're in beds next to each other. Uh, and right. Kevin is part of this conversation at first. Um, and they're talking about like, do you think that Danny, Cody, Tyler and Franzel are working together. Now this is this is what Nicole talked about the night before when she saw them all in, in the photo room together and she was like, "Oh, are they working together?" And uh and she mentions this to Janelle, who unlike, you know, Kevin and Devon, actually is like, "Well, yes, I think they might be." Um and Danny in particular is the thing that that clicks for Janelle because she's like, "Danny must not like I'm friends with Danny, but I don't think she's working with me. Like the the first thing she said when Keisha went on the block is that we need to get rid of Keisha because she's too close to, to Memphis. That doesn't make any sense. Like why why would we do that? Memphis is with us, um, and so um, she feels like Danny might not be with her. And if Danny's not with her, she might be with Nicole Franzel, who she's friends with on the outside also, and she might be in with this crew. Um, and they both kind of agree that like she might she might just be there out of necessity. 
she's you know they're in power she might feel like she wants to work with janelle but she can't she can't find a way to do it and that maybe later in the game if uh if you know janelle's still there she'll come to janelle and want to take out the rest of them um but uh but that for right now she must be working with them enzo He's in that room with them too. Like Cody just wanted to be in that room. You know, I bet Enzo's in it. I bet David's in it. I bet just Enzo and David, because they were in the room together with them, they must be like on the outs. Um, but like they're in it because they were in that room. Um, and so it, it's, it's like Bay and Day and Christmas. Those are the people definitely on the outs of that group. Those are the people we need to try and work with. I guess the big question, Taryn, here is, Cause I know you've said you believe the gameplay, the caliber of gameplay this season has been top notch. So is this a mistake on the Alliance's part for being too loose and being easy to catch? Or is this a credit to someone who is, has a keen eye and is being observant of what they're doing? Which one do you think is a more accurate statement here? I think it's both. I think that the, you know, um, like Cody and his whole crew, like they were being very careful all of the first week and then everything went so smoothly and they were like, <laughs> all right, like, uh, I think we've got our pieces set up. Uh, like they're, they're still being careful to some degree, but like they couldn't help, but just like let loose a little bit because that's kind of how like people like Cody ran and, and, uh, Enzo like ran their, their seasons. Like, uh, once they got into their position, they kind of were able to let loose, kick back and just let the structure do its work. Um, but that's not really where they're at in an all-star season. And they do have to contend with people that will be watching them like Hawks, um, and trying to pick up on like, wait a minute, uh, there's something is wrong. And I know that something is wrong and I need to find it. Um, and that's what's happening here. They are catching on to this group. They don't have the full structure and they're missing some very key components. Um, but they are finally coming together uh and doing something about it uh we'll see how that works out for them um but janelle and nicole uh they leave the bedroom they uh, end up getting caser later they bring caser down there caser 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 guess who is working together um he's like uh like tyler cody uh bailey no no no, not bailey not bailey definitely not bailey no he was so close (laughs) it's getting there (laughs) um danny danny's the one she is double dealing um and you know what they're trying to do they're trying to target christmas they're trying to get memphis to get christmas out this week and this is when it starts to go off the rails a little bit (laughs) yeah well it's because earlier in the day that morning they talked about how they started feeling like they were being told to target christmas and it's like are they trying to just get us to target the middle again is that what's happening um, but I think that um, this is these conversations are important and this is a very volatile week for stuff like this to come up because I firmly do not think Memphis is going to try and put up people from either side. So if anything happens, if any confrontations happen this week, no one's going anywhere. So it'll be interesting to see if something like that happens, if people start noticing each other or like knowing who knows what information and what comes out of it. But ultimately, this was a very funny conversation, and I'm glad it happened. Feeds are good for two moments, Taryn. When important game conversation goes down, and when stuff like this goes down. 
Yes. Uh, the, I mean, this is very reminiscent of when they were like, we figured it out. It's Tyler and Janelle, um, except this <laughs> yeah. time they're actually a little bit closer, <laughs> um, closer to the mark because uh, yeah. they're listening to Janelle finally. Um, so uh, they say they can't trust Ian. He's too close with Franzel, um, which is a good call. Uh, they say that um, uh, Kaser says, look, this is what happens. Alliances always form around power. Cody had power. And like, I feel like Kaser in this conversation was a little bit like a little, a little grumpy Kaser. Like, uh, this is what I was saying. Like, seven days ago, day two, I was saying all of this and you guys talked me out of it. I was saying every bit of this. I said Cody was working with these people and the big alliance was forming and I said this is war and you guys were like chill dude they were like no it was too early to do it then it was too early to do it then it was, we should do it now like, yeah I love Kaser but also Kaser you just if, if power is what will give you the strength to do these things you didn't have any last week so it's good that they told you not to again love your fire love that you're here but I'm glad that Janelle is also there now because she seemingly knows how to calm you down like no one else could. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Nicole sa- Nicole and Nicole starts talking, and this like love Nicole. It's a little frustrating. Uh, Nicole goes, "Yeah, they never, they don't ever talk to me. It hurts my feelings." N- Nicole, you don't talk to them. You haven't even tried to talk to them. It's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. You literally are coming in as one of the as the last player, as the most recent. You have to put in the work. You know how many events these people have gone on with each other? You know how long they've known each other? That's going to be more natural. You need to put in the work. You need to put in the work. It Beyond really, like, yeah, go ahead. It's, it's, it's such like the example of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like she, she created this situation and it's, I don't even think it's natural to her. She came into big brother 21, very social. She yeah. had a lot of relationships. It's how she managed to figure out where the cracks were in grateful. She figured out grateful and she probed those cracks. Uh, and she, she worked to like break that thing up and it, no, it didn't work out for her at first. Um, but she had the relationships to survive the blow up because she was so social and she talked to everyone and she's able to bond with people. And at the fir- in the first couple of days of this game, she was talking to a lot of people. She was bonding with a lot of people. She just, and she even said to herself on the cameras, Oh, I've been hanging out with the same people too much. And tomorrow, I'm going to go and talk to different people. I'm going to bond with them. And she did a little bit of that and then stopped. Uh, and then she she retreated into herself. She got sick is, is I think, one of the main problems as That's well. Um, and so when she got sick, she stopped being social. And when she was better again, she never got back into the swing of things. And she because she looked around and she was like, she got to I think she got too like insecure and self-conscious. And she was just like, uh, like now everyone is way closer to each other than me. And I'm just going to like go back into my corner where I'm used to being. Um, and it sucks. Uh, but at the same time, she, when she says like nobody talks to me, it's like, Nicole, you need to talk to them because they like you. 
just like the people in Grateful liked you. If you talked to them, they would pull you in. I guarantee it. Especially somebody like Tyler. Um, Memphis even was like, I like Nicole a lot, but like, I've never talked to her. Um, like they like her. They think she's sweet. They think she's nice. They think that she would be great to like talk to. But she doesn't talk to them and they're too busy dealing with people that actually have power in the game um, that uh, that are actually playing the game. Uh, and so it's it, like she she's putting herself in this spot. And I'm just I just want to be like, Nicole, you're so much better than you give yourself credit for. I promise. And she, again, she comes through as the most recent player from the most recent season, a fan of the show. So when she's selectively talking to a few people and not enough to others, it's very easy to see for it to seem like hero worship. Like, oh my God, she loves Janelle. She's literally sleeping next to Janelle, how much she loves her. She doesn't talk to me any. She Mm -hmm. must not be a fan of me. She loves Janelle. She loves Kevin. Like these are the people that she has been watching all these years. And these are the people that she loves. So it's very easy for her not even to seem anything else, but just in love with them. And that means that as long as she's in love with them, she's going to pay you no mind. And that's no good for your game. So why should I keep her? So it's unfortunate. And this would be solved very much by just having those conversations, by talking to more people, by showing an interest in them. But when you do select, do it selectively like that, especially in an all-star season, it's very easy for you to just be painted in a corner with like these four people. Mm-hmm. So here's now the problem with this new revelation for Nicole Kaser and uh, and uh, and Janelle. Um, they, first of all, Janelle cannot let go that they let Keisha leave the house. Uh, she said, we had the votes. We had the votes. We should have kept. Keisha, I can't believe we don't have Keisha. Uh, and and Nicole, both Nicole and Case are like, okay, but let's let's just focus on the now, the here and now. It's that's past, it's gone, can't change it. She's like, I know, but we had the votes. We should have kept Keisha. And and Nicole keeps saying like, okay, but we we didn't. She's like, but we would have had Keisha. And Nicole's like, okay, but now we have Kevin. And she's like, oh, Kevin, oh. God, Kevin. We don't have Kevin. Oh my God. No. <laughs> Move on, Janelle. It's gone. There's no Keisha. You can't play the game with hi- a hypothetical brand steel in your head and then play <laughs> the actual game. You have to play the game you have. You, Kevin, talk about hero worship. Kevin is loves Janelle. Like, couldn't believe he's in a house with Janelle. She can work that relationship if she wants to, but She's just so snowed on this whole like Keisha situation. Like 13 votes happened. Okay. Even if you had a majority, 13 happened. You gotta, you gotta move on. Stop, you know, like stop being in your feelings. Cry me a Memphis's son later. You don't have to do this now. Work on what you have. Yeah, they just don't, they just don't think they, it's not even that they don't like, it's not even that they don't trust him, really. It's that they just don't think he's valuable. It's like, what is Kevin worth in this game? <laughs> so mean. <laughs> so bad. He's like one of the few people in this house that is willing to work with you at this point. Because what they want to do, instead of let's pull in Kevin, um, instead of that, it's we need to pull in Christmas. Uh, and here's the thing. They have a good read on Christmas. The read is about a week too late 
Um, so what they say is, uh, I think Janelle says it might have been Janelle or Kaser. Like, uh, we need to pull in Christmas. She's the kind of player who, like, if you give her something, if you pull her in, like, she's in. Like, she'll be on board. Uh, like, all we need to do is like pull her in, which is like so true. Nine days ago, yeah. <laughs> like they, she's already locked into a new plan. Like she's she's got a contract signed for two years. Like you cannot take her out now. It's too late. It is too late. And this is the the pitfalls of not functioning and hitting the ground running quick. This is the pitfalls of sitting amongst each other and just being angry and declaring war without picking pieces up that other people have already picked up. This is what you have to deal with. So now, yes, you are stuck with a Kevin, which again, I don't say that as a negative thing. Kevin is an asset. You just have to, he just has to feel less worried like he has been because he's been in a bad spot to start. He's a capable player for himself. Like, do not sleep on the Kevin, Janelle. Come on. Yes. So that's their plan. They want to go. They feel like Christmas has no one. So they're going to go and try to pull in Christmas and they're going to go and talk to Memphis and let him know that he's been played. They're going to tell Memphis, look, there's an alliance that includes Tyler, Cody, Danny, Franzel, maybe a little bit of Enzo. And you're not involved, Memphis. You're being played. And they say he's got an ego. He's going to hate that he's been played. He's going to do something about it. He's that kind of guy. Um, so, Puya, let me tell you what I'm concerned about. Okay, hit me. I'm concerned. Kaser goes into the HOH room. All right, Memphis, I need to tell you something. This is very important. I need you to know this big information. What happens is alliances form around power. And an alliance formed around Cody, Tyler, Danny, Franzel. Uh, Enzo, all these people, Cody, of course, they're working together. We need to take a shot. We need, we need to get one of these people out. Somebody like Nicole Franzel. She is dangerous. She's a winner. These people, they're working together. This is bad. This is war, Memphis. We need to do something. We need to form a side. We need to stop them before they run this game. And in Memphis's head, he's going to go, Damn, he clocked my whole alliance. Good thing he doesn't know I'm in it. <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay, then when he wins now, he's not going to come after me. He's going to go after them, take one of them out maybe, but not me. I'm fine. This is, again, this is an amazing read, but that one key person that he should have clocked, he is not. And that is Memphis himself. And to go to him and to tell him all this stuff, it's not going to help. I think that um, Memphis was someone that was very turned off about the war thing last week. It will not help him any if that comes up this week. Memphis wants to play passively. He wants to play right now, quiet, unassuming, and just just get this person out, just get an easy target out, and we're fine. You want to get a rise out of him, maybe start putting rumors out that someone said this or that about him. But even then, like I don't think that'll work right now. It scares me, though, Puya, because nobody is saving Kaser and Janelle in the safety no. comp, and they can't compete in the safety comp. If yeah. Kaser goes up to Memphis after somebody like Nicole Anthony or Kevin or David are safe, 
Um, and he's looking at like, okay, who do I put up? If not for, if not David and Nicole Anthony, I don't want to do Kaser and Janelle. I want to do something else. So maybe I'll go somewhere else. But then Kaser comes up to him and he says, this is a whole alliance and we need to go after them. I mean, he's going to just go, okay, this is too dangerous. Yeah. This guy's going to, this guy's going to realize I'm involved eventually. He's going to blow up my whole spot. He's going to come for me. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's time to just cut them loose. When I say that I've been very scared since last night, I've been feeling a little bit better reading all this stuff, but obviously the fact that the safety comp guarantees two safeties and his list is short. If anyone from that list gets removed, Kaser moves up on that list. And if Kaser starts pushing like this, if Kaser does start clocking people in the Alliance that he's working with, then there, that's more the reason to bury him before that information gets out or gets circulated or gets taken to a position of power. If he wins an HOH or if someone that would be influenced by Kaser wins HOH, that's not good information to have. So if he's trying to protect what he has, if he's trying to be an unusual suspects kind of thing, he can't have that happen. So Kaser would definitely be in danger. Um, it's terrifying, but I keep trying to you know err on the side of, well, he should realize that Kaser and Janelle ha- don't have many friends, so I will be their friend, but I'm also in my alliance. He doesn't know I'm in that alliance. He's going to continue to trust me and keep me safe. I'm hoping that's what Memphis thinks, but this could just give him that push of paranoia that he needs to do something like this. We don't want it, obviously. Everyone, light all your candles tonight. Get that prayer circle going, because we can't have this happen, but it is a realistic, unfortunate situation that could depending on how a conversation like that would go yeah so that's what we're looking at here um is was there anything else you wanted to bring up Puya? um no okay not an important thing but i just want to talk a little bit more about enzo's social game because the meow meow is on another level of comedy like he really taren it's unbelievable how disarming every conversation with him is like Tyler and Cody were talking about all this stuff with the David and the Alliance and what they're doing and the whole Memphis thing. Like they're ta- they're doing a download. Enzo walks in. He's like, yeah, there wasn't any toilet paper. So I used toilet seat cover. Oh my God. And I was like, are yeah. you joking me? Like, what is that? What do you mean? You, that, that's not a thing you do, man. And then someone was able to point out, yo, there's a bidet in there. Why don't you use the bidet instead? Um, like he just does something like that. And it's disarming. They completely forget about it and they don't think twice. Cody did say something once uh, Enzo left uh, along the lines of he talks a lot. He talks too much. He says a lot of he says some important things, but it's covered in a lot of nonsense. And I think that's true for Enzo. But no, I mean, he's just a fun character to have around. Doesn't matter what the energy is. He'll pull the energy back up. So I commend him on that. Um, I wish as Kaser said it when he heard it while playing backhand with Christmas, it was TMI. I wish we didn't know about it. But now I know that Enzo uh, finds alternatives when there's no toilet paper. So that's, uh, that's it. At this point, I'm feeling pretty confident, like lock Enzo in for the end game. And it's exactly what we talked about preseason, though. Like, can he win a jury vote? Can he get right. there and can he win a jury vote? And that's that's where I feel like he's going to have to step up his game a bit. But we'll see. We'll see. And and he is getting pushed out a little. Like, this is bad news for Memphis or sorry. Enzo. Menzo. 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 
Memphis. Um, it's bad news for Enzo that Memphis won the HOH because this is the one alliance that Enzo was not included in on. Um, and so, uh, whereas like every other week, Enzo would have had all of the information. Um, this is the one week where he's a little bit left in the dark. So uh, not super great in that regard, but I'm, I'm with you. Like, uh, you know, pen, pencil him in for the finale. Cause like, when is this guy leaving? Right. He's going to be okay. He's going to be okay for the long haul. So we'll just get more, more fun, more comedy out of him. And it'll be a good time. Yes. All right. That's what we have for you from last night. Uh, and you know, yesterday. Well, um, as I mentioned, uh, Rob and I did talk to Keisha earlier this morning so i'm sure that will be out at some point today um a couple a couple of interesting things from uh from keisha uh that uh that i thought were were fun um and uh of course today's friday so tomorrow i'll be back at 11 a.m eastern to update everything that happens today on the big brother 22 live feeds we're going to find out about the safety comp outcome and we're probably going to lock in what the nominations will be so uh look out for that tomorrow night will be the next roundtable podcast where we will go over the legacy watch, which is really going to get interesting, I think, because we've already got Keisha, who uh, started in a pretty good place on the legacy watch. Where is she going to be now that she's the first one out? Um, where have these people gone in terms of their legacy in the game? Who's playing better than they played last time? Who's playing worse than they played last time? Uh, find out all of that and more tomorrow night. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, all right. That's what I've got for you. Puya, what do you have? Uh, well, first, people can find me on all social medias and Twitch, Puyaism on both. Um, I have released the recent episode of the 90 Day Fiance Rahapa podcast. We talked about episodes 9 and 11 of The Other Way and Happily Ever After, both one stop shop. Liana joined me, and a new member of the class of 2020, Rihanna, was there as well. So, I had a fun time, Taryn. They were both delightful to talk to. But when I tell you that I had a rough time of seeing Liana and Rihanna in one podcast, it was a bit of a struggle, mm-hmm. but it was, it was worth, worth it. And it was a good time. So definitely check that out. And uh, of course, uh, just you'll be seeing me more around these big brother places. Man. That's all I mean, it. Liana and Rihanna doesn't hold a candle to Enzo and Memphis. So no, I don't know why <laughs> you're having trouble. Yeah, I know. Emphasis and Menzo are definitely harder way harder. To keep track of. Way yeah. harder. Sure. Uh, you can of course find me on Twitter at Armstrong Taren and on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Taren Armstrong. Thank you once more for joining us. We'll see you next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.